0: Uh, i'm here i have my beverages i have a beverage of wine and i have a beverage oh good for you of tea and Mm. i have my microphone and i have my sadness and that's all you need for a good podcast
1: yay it's the depression cast yeah this is the depression episode everybody welcome to the depression cast come and join your friends Welcome to the Cast. Everybody join the Everything is great.
0: Cast. I'm just going to play, like, Mad World very quietly,
1: occasionally in the background of this episode. In the episode that has just come out. Yes. Where we do our great sensual seduction gag. It's really good. It's perfect. Uh, it's wonderful.
0: And we have Snoop Dogg as a guest for real and not as a joke. Yep.
1: yep. He, he was in the house. He was in the room. That episode. And we just listened to him as he slowly drowned us out by singing Sensual Seduction. We love it. and We love it. We love it. It's love good. It. It's good to us. It's good to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so dumb that episode. So was I. I was very stupid and I only said stupid things 100%. I'm tired from a week of work that has been difficult and I have a, like a scratchy throat and it had best not be a cold if it's a cold Emma. Sue, somebody. I I think what I actually have is the anxiety indigestions, which means that, and it goes all the way up to my throat. Isn't that bad? That's really bad. That's a bad amount of indigestion to have. Uh huh. The acid. Oh, acid. Oh, the
0: acid. Love a little
1: bit of acid. I rise above. My colleague bought me a Kinder egg because. He thought that I looked very sad. And now you are the proud owner of Scuba Minion. Congratulations. He's Yay. your son now. I name him Um Bishop Augustine
0: uh-huh.
1: of Augustine of Hippo. Oh I named I named the Minion Augustine of Hippo. That's pretty good. Because because church. I'm
0: sorry. I'm glad that your friend bought you a Kinder Egg because you seemed sad. But I'm sorry that you have to be so sad that it was noticeable to your co-workers. It's okay. I've cried at least three times today. <laughs> it's good. I like it. What? What have you done three times? Hmm? You know the tears that come from your face. The face oh. water of sadness. <laughs> the, the sad the face, face water, water, of water that sadness. we call crying.
1: Ah, Ooh. conserve it. Conserve it in your still suit. <laughs> crying what a terrible waste i give you the water of
0: my life from crying take the water of my eyes ah,
1: ah, ah, ah. <laughs> take the water <laughs> of my eyes <laughs> water fat infidel <laughs> water fat
0: invaders uh, yeah anyway i'm very sad you're very sad let's do a podcast i'm ray the let's Vice do Chancellor it of it's the-
1: sexy depression <laughs> Walk
0: without rhythm It won't attract the world Ray, the Vice-Chancellor of June, Um I'm sad today, but I am here to talk about June and other things like that. My pronouns are they, them. Did I already say that? I don't know. I don't think you did. Great. Well, that, that's my pronouns. And I'm your favourite fucking waterfad bastard. Your turn.
1: <laughs> Good worm to you, students. Good worm to you, colleagues, academic faculty. Good, Good worm, worm to you. you yes good worm
0: good worm to
1: you good worm to you you. and who might you be thank you for coming to my ted talk introduce yourself i am joseph yoon i am the chancellorette (laughs) of the (laughs) university i'm very small but very powerful
0: that's us yes we're both very small did you know
1: Small but did you know? Powerful.
0: Strong. That's true. Large in spirit. Large in spirit. Tall in intellect. Very Towering. in
1: humour. Towering in intellect. Giant uh, in humour. Absolutely, definitely. For sure. My friend who bought me the kinder egg is six foot seven. That's what? What? <laughs> That's so big. That is a tall person. I met a guy who
0: was six foot eight once. He was very, very thin, and he looked like if a wind blew, he would fall over. I asked him how tall he was once, and even before I could finish the question, he was like, I'm six and eight And then I looked him up, and he's the size of... A standard door
1: frame.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, tell me about your friend who bought you the Kinder Egg, and it was tall.
1: We were crossing the uh, crossing the road to get my Kinder Egg, and he stood on the tall bit of the curb, and I stood on the bit where the curb goes way down into the ground. Oh and... no. <laughs>
0: That's always a mistake when you're with your. Also, two friends. I am
1: five nothing, <laughs> and I just looked up at him, and he looked down a mile down to me. Um, all a whole mile, and I sort of down. was like, I just waved. I just waved. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. That's all you can do sometimes. I was like, people are so amazing. Some of them are tall ones. Some of them are so tall. I can't even imagine what it's like. How amazing to be alive! Sure, how
0: how amazing it is to be alive. Actually, I hate it.
1: Oh no! Now we can talk about June. So June, let me open my big fucking. So <laughs> we have one baby chapter, and we have one fucking big. We have one lounge chapter. chapter. Wow. Yes. Wow.
0: So I guess we have to start with the baby chapter. A big boy. There, there is probably no more terrible an instant of enlightenment than the one in which you discover your father. Is a man with human flesh. <laughs> Sorry. I just realized how weird that is. <laughs> From collected sayings of Wadi by Print the Princess Irulan. Thank you, Princess Irulan. We love
1: Thank you, you Princess. Love you. Love you. <laughs> love you. <laughs> <laughs> love you. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I guess I guess so. Anyway. Yeah i mean Firstly, i did i did isn't it terrible to recognize that your own father has human flesh disgusting so bad right? S- secondly, that is sort of relatable rela- realizing that the people that raised you are fallible that's bad and yeah I mean I mean I guess some people realize that very very quickly, right not every parent is good um but recognizing that when you when you have previously idolized, your parent must be very you know. It's like, it's a whole rite of passage thing and also it must be very difficult and significant.
1: Especially when your parents are, um, if you're the a, a child of, of a, noble, a nobleman. Yeah, it must be hard. Then it, you're insulated from the physical realities of caretaking mm. um, by your servants and whatnot. Yeah. So to recognise that on a physical level that your dad is a person... Mm and not only a person but a human being yeah it's really strange
0: yeah. and like um paul sort of at this point in his life paul relies on his father very heavily to be a, like a good and moral and correct person and an example of how he should behave at all times so like <laughs> the realization that he can't model his behavior on his father it
1: must be really upsetting it must be and I think yeah. in this chapter, I like this chapter a lot because it's I like just it too. It's good. Paul and Paul and his dad have a chat. Yeah, and it's like, and ch- I think angsty. it's really great. Good. Yeah, I like it. Um, Paul is disturbed by the fact that dad is telling him all this stuff, and he's yeah. like, "Actually, please stop."
0: Yeah, please stop. I'm scared. <laughs> yeah, and
1: his, I his don't dad enjoy is like, it. yeah,
0: and his dad is like venting his dad is oh, properly oh, sort, oh, sort of letting his emotions affect the things that he's saying and speaking from a place of, like, not logic from feeling. Mm-hmm. And in a way that comes with all of the not-emotional release that he's been doing, um, must be really scary for Paul to face. Unemotional not-release. Yes, the unemotional not-release. Um, because, like, when you don't let yourself cry, or, like, ever face your emotions, the thing that you do in front of your son it's like really scary and really defeatist, and like must feel awful to witness. Yeah. It's
1: true. I really, I really had emotions in this yeah. chapter. It was pretty good. So, I mean, I guess shall I do a little summary? Yeah, is going to be the smallest summary ever. It's summary cause time. Cause it's a baby. Small, it's a small chapter. A baby chapter. Cool. Paul and Daddy are sort of like they stop in a little conference room to just. Kind of take a breather. Daddy! Daddy! And Paul is watching a film on Freeman religious practices to be woke and to understand the people. Yeah, he's get the, woke. The land. Paul, get woke. To get woke.
0: Funny Paul, get woke.
1: One of the things I have noticed that I do is just repeat things that someone else has said. That's, um, that's what jokes are. That's how you do jokes. That's how you do jokes. That's how jokes do. Um, I mean, it's funny to me. It's not funny to people who are listening. Paul, I mean, I do like how it says that Paul is disturbed by the references to himself when people are shouting at Mahdi and Lisan al-Gaib. Um, like general, generalized messiah yelling. Um, when he's like, Oh, that's that must be me. I'm Paul. (laughs) Um, and so they kind of have a uh, chat about how power corrupts. And how he's telling everyone that how Leto is telling everyone that he's a good duke, but he secretly thinks he's a bad duke. Um, how he knows that there's a viper in their midst, how tired Leto is. And he thinks that the moral houses have, have uh, been spiraling in moral degeneration and how him remaining unmarried to Paul's mama is, um, a sign of that moral degeneration because he loves poor mama but uh he doesn't He he's still like letting people hold out hope that they can make a fortuitous match with him and that's pretty bad actually um and the fact that they are using spice residue to manufacture film base whatever that mm. is so that they can flood the villages and towns with um cool propaganda we love it uh and apparent and because the spice uh, makes you sort of immune to lots of poisons which is useful to know they can't kill off large segments of the population with poison i don't know why were they doing that in the first place who knows who's to say and then the flowers from from the last chapter the beautiful flowers that bloomed in the dawn that all the dew is getting collected off. They're yep, all trampled. They're fucking dead and, now. And that's a sort of message. That's a... Yep. Some
0: Frank That's really a the with
1: the symbolism here. Thank you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Thanks, um, we get
1: it. And they talk a little bit about desert power again. Desert power. Mm-hmm. Um, worm power. Worm power. Um, but yeah, no, it's just like... Um, um, Leto is essentially like you must exploit every advantage you possibly can up to and including any religious fervour that the people may feel for you regardless of whether like, you are or are not the actual messiah. But, um, but that's morally wrong father. But it's morally wrong father. Father, father? it's morally wrong. <laughs> so, so Paul is a sweet baby but he doesn't understand um the rigours of real politic, and that's you know to be expected, because he was 15. He's 15 years old. Um, sweet baby Paul. Sweet baby Paul. Beautiful boy. So there's that. That's that's the chapter. Um, the chapter. It uh, sure is. I like some things about it.
0: Yes, the beginning. I liked
1: it very much. Me too. I think more of the chapter should be like this, and less like the giant monster chapter that follows. Yeah, they should all be like four pages long, please. Thank you. Yes. Heavy on the characterization. I'd like to spend a whole episode on the dinner party chapter if we can. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because the dinner party yeah. chapter is exquisite. It's exquisite. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, Dr. Kynes in next chapter. We love Dr. Kynes, but doc- our love for Dr. Kynes will be blotted out once we again by Kinds. our extreme adoration for Jessica, the only person to exist. We love her.
0: They're all very good, Dr. not
1: Jasker and Paul,
0: extremely good. Tag team. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Alright. I mean I like at the beginning of this chapter the um there's a poison snooper. A little robot. Yes. Yes, Called I wanted a poison to bring that snooper. Up. Well I just thought, well, isn't that nice? A little poison snooper to be your friend. A little friendly poison snooper. I just imagine it sort of like with a pointy nose cone and then two little arms. Yes, two little long spindly arms like a stick insect. It has like a cone shaped head that it kind
0: of like bows down like poison snooper. And also that's all it says
1: like a Pokemon. And it just kind of pokes things. Some weird newly dead insect. Well I was actually imagining like, you know how how the droids in the Star War make bow. the noise like ba bow ba <laughs> Um. Yeah, I wanted to just like make Mm. a little little beeps, little beeps and boops. I don't know how we skipped over
0: the like the first line of this chapter, which is amazing. The Duke said, "Paul, I'm doing a hateful thing, but I must." And then he stares out of the window. Drama. Paul is confused.
1: Paul confused. Duke. The Duke is like. He's real real, extra in this chapter. He's extremely extra. Because he he can't tell these things to anybody. Yeah. Which is like, it's hard. It's really hard to be like told something and then told
0: that you can't tell anybody it. Especially when... Oh, God. It's a horrible position to be in. Like I had a friend who like... A friend who made me like lie for her a lot and I fucking hated it so much. It was like, oh, it was horrible. I really didn't like it. Especially because like the way that I had to... Life for her was like it was something that made a lot of the, like the emotional labor. I did something that was invisible, so like, it just it sucked. It sucked mm. all the way down. It was bad. It sucked all the way um, down. But like I, I can see yeah, sucked all the way down. But I can see feeling similar in that way.
1: Mm. And because it's his dad as well. Yeah, you just feel so trapped when somebody's like but, when um, you're in. I that mean, it's situation. really interesting to see how. I mean, I guess. Is like very mature, yeah, but also he's baby, nice, yeah, he is baby, yeah, he's also like in not in that just that, like, he's sort of
0: cute and vaguely helpless at this part,
1: but also like a lot of his, in a lot of his, because I mean, all of his, all of his um dialogue in in this is just like, but why, yeah, but I mean, like, he's very mature and he's very like
0: he understands things on a level that like a child shouldn't be able to, but also he. In his sort of outlook, he is very young and he's very naive. And it's like, we got told that we were mature, but that was just because we knew shit and we weren't actually mature.
1: We were kids. Mm-hmm. It's like that. And even if you felt like you were understanding something. Yeah. You, maybe or not. Maybe just you know words. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, exactly. that's, that's that is- one of the reasons I sort of... Feel poor because like you know you're that kid who you don't really have many peers and well you don't have peers you connect to and everybody thinks you're really smart but you're not but you sort of have to cling to that in order to stay relevant and wanted this is
1: sad it's good it just make me sad it's a depression episode me depression cast oh. it's the depression cast everybody so come listen to, depression depression
0: to the depression cast i keep trying to do like um remember that Monster Factory episode where Griffin goes, "Let's all go to Melissa's place." I'm trying to do depression casting that sort of song. <laughs> oh God! I forget how the song goes. I didn't goes. realize
1: that's what I was thinking of. He's a genius. I think that might be Justin. I think it might be Justin who sings that bit. I think. I think Griffin sings it. I am willing to wager things.
0: Shall we find that out? It's Justin. Shall we
1: have a look? Do you bet? Do you bet something? I'm going to bet something. Okay, I bet. um... I don't know. I know that that, that that it's Justin that sings Let's All Go To Melissa's Thank Place. Thank you,
0: I must find out.
1: <laughs> because it's not, it's not a very Griffin-y song, because Griffin's song's much more like backpack where he keeps his applesauce. <laughs> Griffin's songs are always much more um, simplistic, minimal. No, I think this is... I really do think this is a uh, Griffin. So, I mean, let me just think of some other things to say about this chapter. Um... I don't know. I love Angry Duke. Think Angry Duke great. I think it's pretty good. Um, I like how Paul has to super act up and say. He, do you want to read some of the angst that he does in this chapter? Well, I just, I, I just thought that um, where he has to like be reassuring to Daddy is really great. He's like, "You lead well. You govern well. Men follow you willingly and love you." And he's just like, "No, I don't." No. I just tell people that I do all those things, actually. And he's like, Father! With my horrible propaganda that I have. My horrible propaganda machine. You're just tired, Father. I
0: am tired. I'm morally tired. The melancholy degeneration of the great houses has afflicted me, at last, perhaps. And we were such strong people. Like, okay, have a little tent for tantrum.
1: It's like, I mean, everyone thinks this about all society all the time. But for later it is genuinely true that he is at the end of his end the end of the world as he knows it and that everyone has just become so tired out and worn down by the world and by the society they're living in and just have become weaker versions of themselves and then a new great coming of a special new different age where everything is different it's about to happen right because of paul being the messiah but I'm
0: trying to find I'm trying to find them singing Melissa's place so that I can prove you wrong so
1: can't believe we're wasting so much time on this this is so good it's fine I'll cut it the fuck out I think we should make people listen to it
0: yeah it's Griffin it's Griffin it's Griffin it's Griffin no it's, it's, not. Griffin. No, it's not I'll send you the time code it is copy video URL <laughs> at current time
1: Bye, <laughs> <laughs> like you stop yelling listen stop yelling it. at me be nice to me be nice to me <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is the
0: place to hang out and do no i mean whatever. griffin
1: says griffin says melissa's place But the bit that actually is the tune that we're singing is that <laughs> justin say sings, come on down to melissa's place no parents allowed i i refuse to acknowledge
0: that we may both be right
1: no, that's the worst thing twins can be—is both right. there can only be one.
0: <laughs> Come on down to Melissa's place. Brought to
1: you by Verizon. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Justin. It's very good. We love it. The only—the two good. When I am, when I am, when I am serious depression times, I watch Monster Factory. And I get the good. Makes me feel alive. Yeah. Makes me feel strong. It makes me feel comforted. <laughs> uh, but I just, I really like that in this bit, Justin is exuding a powerful ray energy where he's trying to ad lib a song, but he can't really get there. It's so good. Really reminds me of you. I don't know why. I feel really insulted, personally
0: attacked. I'm hurt. I'm hurt by this. Be nice me.
1: Be nice
0: me. Paul started to speak, but the duke cut him off, saying, <laughs> I have to have someone I can say these things to, son. <sighs> he sighed, glanced back at the dry landscape, where even the flowers were gone now, trampled by the gatherers, wilted under the early sun. Symbolism. Sorry, I
1: wasn't even listening. I was listening to come on down to it's Melissa's fine. place. A little bit more. <laughs> come on down to Melissa's place. Brought I just to like you by Verizon. and a kick for you and a kick for her and a kick for all of them. Like <laughs> great. Okay. Oh yes. Now let's do our best to make this
0: into a song about depression. Come
1: on down to Depression Place. Brought to you by University the podcast. <laughs> yeah,
0: brought to you by the Chancellor.
1: Um, very good. We got there. We did it. Anyway, that's not fucking important. That's not Dune, not um, This is June. I was alarmed to hear that that he kills that Duke Leto on his home planet whatever that was caladan routinely used to kill off large segments of the population mm-hmm. um because they disagreed with him or so he seems to imply wait sorry what What the fuck where we cannot kill off large segments of our population with poison and we cannot be attacked where by either where where the <laughs> fuck <laughs> so what's uh, this near so after they've been talking about the propaganda core and the film base and then okay. he's like, Iraqis has another advantage I almost forgot to mention. Spices and everything. And then it talks about how spice Im- immunizes you to common poisons. And then he says, we cannot kill off. I find it imparts a certain natural immunity.
0: We cannot kill off large segments of our population with poison. <laughs> I. Okay, 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 okay. I think when I read this, I skimmed over it because I didn't fully understand it, and I was like, oh yeah, it's good that they can't accidentally kill anyone. <laughs> that's not what it means, right? They can't, on, the purpose <laughs> the
1: they can't on purpose kill everybody. They can't on purpose kill political dissenters. Oh. Duke huh. bad? Hmm.
0: Duke not good? Maybe
1: bad. Maybe Duke bad? Maybe that's really bad, actually. Maybe actually not good? I wonder, what, what Paul's, did Paul know about this? Does Paul know? I mean, do we know?
0: After Leitre says that, Paul starts to speak and then gets cut off. And I wonder if he's maybe upset that his family did that. Like, did he know that that was happening
1: while he was on Caladan? Because I feel
0: like he would be upset by it. I mean,
1: and then like he doubles down on this whole thing of, you've got to be ruthless. Here, we must
0: scrabble for desert power. This is your inheritance, Paul. What is to become of you if anything happens to me? You'll not be a renegade house, but a gorilla house, running, hunted. And then Paul's like having a silent (laughs) panic attack. And then he says, To hold Arrakis! One is faced with decisions that may cost one self respect. He points out the window to the Atreides green and black banner, and he says, That honorable banner could come to mean many evil things. And Paul's like, Oh no, really? No! I don't like this! Poor Paul. And then Duke's talking about power of fear and how everything's bad. And then he's like, exploit the people whose faith sort of weirdly correlates to you. Um, and then he's like, Ugh. he just sort of remembers, like, the, the words that linger in Paul's head is fear and doubt. And like, God,
1: I don't know, it's sad. It is sad. Poor Paul. Yeah. Paul don't deserve this. Um. Poor Paul. And
0: like, I know this is sort of normal for like, big old mm. rich people but i found it sort of it sort of struck me how paul refer- like calls his father sad yeah that made me sad i don't know it felt weird to me it made me sad too and like he does it a lot and it's like
1: i don't know it's really like i just want to like write fan fiction because... about duke Leto being a normal loving father to paul and hugging him i know can you imagine <laughs> Listen, can you imagine Paul, yes the
0: duke isn't paul's dad who loves him paul's dad who loves him is gurney alec that's the only daddy has who loves him.
1: duncan idaho loves uh, him but in like a gruff kind of know, way the duke loves him just in
0: a bad way
1: oh yeah fucking leto does outsource all of his emotional that's what that's what leaders do bloody leto
0: yeah so the duke is like a hateful for thi- a hateful thing and then paul's like what do you mean sir I like things and, then and things says, are nice. I don't My understand, life. sir. And then he's like, but sir, why? And then he's
1: like, oh. and, then
0: he's like and then there's a bit where where, where Leto says, um, this way, if anything should happen to me, you can tell her the truth, that I never doubted her, not for the smallest instant. I should want her to know this. And then Paul recognised the death thoughts <gasps> in his father's words, gets scared, and then it's like, nothing's going to happen to you, sir. So he took to oh, try
1: and be a really big sad. boy in order to reassure his dad. And
0: like the way that he's using sir is like in this situation where he has to reassure his dad and where he's like sort of being called son but not being treated as a son, it's like, oh. And like we, we sort of maybe it's useful, important to state here that like as we spoke about in when we spoke about the last chapters, um, leto has has to feign suspicion of jessica um so that like she's not targeted and so that they don't know so that the harkonnens don't really don't recognize Mm -hmm. that he's onto them so he's sort of telling paul about this awful plan to just sort of semi-alleviate the guilt in a way that isn't comforting or like helpful to paul in any way he just sort of wants someone to tell um and Paul's like,
1: whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I cannot deal with this particular emotional load. It's sad. I have no, I have no capacity to deal with it. Yeah. This. Good chapter, though. Yeah, good chapter. Chapter 15. Chapter 15 has a big, long quote, and then it has a big, big, long, long chapter. And we have stuff to say about it. My father, the Padishah Emperor, took me by the hand one day, and I sensed in the ways my mother had taught me that he was disturbed. He led me down the hall of portraits to the ego-likeness of the Duke Leto Atreides. I marked the strong resemblance between them, my father and this man in the portrait, both with thin, elegant faces and sharp features dominated by cold eyes. Princess daughter, my father said. Princess daughter. <laughs> uh, I would... Uh, the princess daughter, the sequel to princess, of the princess bride, uncle. Princess uncle. princess daughter my father said i would that you had been older when it came time for this man to choose a woman my father was 71 at the time and looking no older than the man in the portrait and i was but 14 yet i remember deducing in that instant that my father secretly wished the duke had been his son and disliked the political necessities that made them enemies from in my father's house by the princess Irulan. Thank you, princess. First, now of all. this is very sad. Yes, it is. Um, she
0: again is like children having to grow up too fast because of the ways that they have been taught to perceive and interact with the world, and um,
1: especially that their dad,
0: probably traumatic for them. Yeah, like oh god, like she's she she has been taught to sense when he is disturbed just through like him taking her hand and she's 14 and he's talking about marrying her off to a guy who looks as old as he does and he's son. 71 i know it's oh, it's sad i mean i assume that his her dad looks like weirdly young because of space magic
1: because of space magic and being rich yeah yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. the two things yeah <laughs> he he bought a planet and he juiced all of the humans into a special smoothie Mm. like in Jupiter Ascending, and then he had a bath in it, and then he drank it, and that's how he looks young. Is that what Jupiter Ascending is about? Yep. Eddie Redmayne does it. He has a human smoothie and it makes him young.
1: I feel like Eddie Redmayne is just like very naked and gay in that movie. Yeah, he is. He's very whispery. like he's got like a drawn-on six-pack. So, Ray, (laughs) what happens in this chapter? Okay,
0: so, the Duke led to Atreides, and his son Paul and his boyfriend, Kenny Alec, are uh, going on a little day trip out to June um, to see what some of the uh, the harvest plants are like, and to see if they can see a worm. And basically, that, and also to meet the planetologist who was the arbiter of the change. Um, he was em- employed by the emperor to make sure that, that the planetologist, to to make sure that the, the the transfer of the planet goes to plan between um, the Harkons and the Atreides um, and it says in the first sentence that he's been ordered to betray them um, which is sort of interesting so he is a really cool and sexy guy um, he has sort of gone native he is aligned with the Fremen ways he respects the Fremen he is presumably respected by the Fremen he's adopted a lot of their their mannerisms and their customs and he thinks about things in the way that they have um uh and he's used to the the, the ways of Arrakis, um and he's not very used to the ways of the atreides so he he sort of is reluctant to address them in the way they're sort of supposed to
1: be he's addressed. not as deferential as he ought to be yes and gurney doesn't like his everyone his gets yes. a bit mad so Paul is sort of precocious. Um, Kynes
0: keeps noticing the the similarities between the. Well, he he says something really interesting about the the link to how folklore had roots in like some sort of cultural reality for people. Um, so he thinks a lot about the 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 prophecy for the omadi and lots of things that Paul does and says, sort of make him quite vividly remember passages from this prophecy and he sort of becomes increasingly convinced that like what if this is like an actual thing what if this person is actually that why what this this closeness is sort of scary yeah and he keeps quoting things all throughout the chapter
1: I mean which is really interesting. he's a great he's a really useful narrative device for us to find out what the prophecies are
0: yeah which is really great um uh so Um, And Paul and Gurney were looking at him through binoculars out the window, which was cute. Um, So they get in this big ship. Well, it's like a it's like a six person ship and they travel across Arrakis in it to sort of see the harvesters and stuff like that. And they talk about June, what it's like. And they have a sort of tense conversation where Kynes is a bit prickly and bristly and not telling the whole truth and paul is trying to read him and deduce like the the why he's saying the things he's saying and what he thinks about arrakis and sort of works out that he he really identifies with arrakis and he has you know as i said God native um
1: do we approve god native as a term uh i mean that's the t- that's
0: the term that frank uses i don't know if i like it but i don't think like, i like it very much no i don't really like it and they go out to this dune this spice harvester and um some men are working on it and they almost have a full lip of spice and then they see worm signs in the sand um and a worm is spotted nearby coming for the spice and they either have to sacrifice the men or sacrifice the spice um and NATO is sort of angry and determined to rescue the men who were there from the worm that's coming he he's the first one to notice the worm and then um whoever whoever notices the worm in sort of the customs of this sort of harvesting work gets a bonus and he says that the workers can divide the bonus among them for publicity um ever ever propaganda minded even when you because so he's noble, a well good
1: duke Sheep love the good
0: duke love the good duke so they managed to save most of them apart from two We don't see the worm, but we see the effects of the worm, and they're described in a really interesting way. And the whole uh, harvester, the huge harvester just sinks into the sand and is gone. So all of the men um, who are workers on Dune, they're not Fremen, some of of them are called Dune, referred to as Dune men. I don't know how that differentiates them from feminine from like people who were just on Dune, but we can look that hmm. up in the glossary later. Yeah, they um, managed to save most of them, and incredibly begrudgingly finds himself starting to like later. Just Being like,
1: ah, uh, yes, I think I might even like this. Duke. He's
0: like, oh fuck, maybe he's good. Fucking bullshit. Maybe I guess he's, he's good. good, but yeah, he finds himself impressed with the idea that. A threat to Man's life made him so angry and kind of impressed by the idea that he doesn't value Spice over the, the well-being of the people of mm. Arrakis. Which, you know, it would be really great if that was a way that Arrakis could move, a direction that Arrakis could move. Unfortunately, in two chapters, he dies. So uh. he can't make it good. Not kindly, later. But, you know nice to have him while, while he's <laughs> yes, around we had some good times later anyway tell me my summary was good it was very good Ray you did thank a you wonderful very much. job you did the I'm hardest job valid. that's possible to do with extraordinary grace great ways. thank you extremely believable thank you now we love Kynes we are on this podcast in this podcast we respect Dr. Kynes
1: <laughs> we are and I keep asking you for reverb because Please I'll never do. get tired of it the, the Kynes respectors.
0: <laughs> We are the Kinds Respecters. We are drinking our Dr. Kinds Respecting Juice on this podcast. Yes, we are. We may be crying into it, but we are drinking it. Every
1: day, like our lives depend on it. I don't really, I don't have the good, clever brain, the quick, smart brain. (laughs) Oh, damn. Today, I have the tired, sad brain, so I don't have the talking juice energy.
0: Yeah, I'm also very tired and
1: sad. I just want to
0: read the prayer that Dr. Kinds does. Um, they call
1: me Dr.
0: Kynes. I would just sing the rest, but I can't think of any funny lyrics because I don't have a brain today. I just have like a, a hall of sadness. Just got bees. We've just got bees, and they're sad. So Kynes says. So they 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 manage to get the ship off the ground with six men in it from the the mine, and the the spice harvester goes uh, slides into the opening that the worm makes in a billow of dust and sand and then the hole pulls back um and everybody's sort of in shocked silence and then Kynes says bless the maker and his water bless the coming and going of him may his passage cleanse the world may he keep the world for his people and then someone sort of whispers Leah and I was like
1: cool
0: You still don't know if is a deity or a Or just something
1: that people say. Yeah, but it's like, it's a cool, it's a cool
0: prayer. And it's like, it says something about kinds. I don't really know what it says because I don't have a brain today, but it says something. I mean, uh,
1: my primary association with kinds, and I don't know if this is, I don't know what this means, but I sort of am thinking of him as being like Lawrence of Arabia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i don't want to think it but yeah <laughs> so he like has these um you know like it's a very orientalized exoticized sort of image of from beneath the billowing robes and eyeslit or whatever and then he's revealed to be a man oh, who is the same man. race as you presumed white reader oh um, but I, <laughs> I
0: i want to think of Kinds as better than that because i like Uh, it but
1: i I also i really enjoy seeing uh leto and paul from someone else's perspective yeah because
0: it's like who the hell are these little freaks
1: and like i found it really interesting
0: when paul puts his still suit on perfectly i was like good job baby (laughs) you did it (laughs) baby boy (laughs) you put on your suit good I missed mean, it good, she did the boots right good
1: um, job. I do like how hes he, he sees um what call it uh the hawk faced leto with his cape caught up around his legs like a fool. I know he's like, wow, Leto looks like an
0: idiot, but his son paul pretty cool, actually, pretty cool as fuck, he's just got a round old face, yeah, he's just so, a little baby, but also he's cool.
1: he's a young baby, but he's he's a young good- baby. <laughs> Young baby Paul. It's my
0: rapper name, Young
1: Baby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> young someone Baby Friss.
1: Sh- someone should have that. Someone should have that. Actually, I'm sure someone does. Young Baby.
0: Hey, it's me, your Vice Chancellor, otherwise known as Young Baby Friss. But yeah,
1: I mean, I do like the sort of the back and forthness of this um, <laughs> uh, of this narrative device, and that uh, Kind is always telling himself. But surely it can't be the prophecy. And everyone and it's the everyone prophecy. reading is like, oh, but we know it is the prophecy because you keep pointing out all the things that it's the prophecy is. It's interesting. It's yes. Yeah, it's, it's a bit, oh, no, he didn't. Oh, yes, oh, he yes, is he the Mardif. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he isn't the Mardif. Oh, yes, he is. Um, uh, I like that Kynes is taken up, is taken against having had a briefing from Gurney Halleck on how to behave with the duke. I know, he hates it. Um, and he just forgets on purpose the whole bunch, and that's really yeah, good. Yeah, it's good. I love how he's very rude, because <laughs> he can't get away with it. But... Um, so if I read a little bit, you may, you may call the duke my lord or sire. Nobleborn is also correct, but it's usually reserved for more formal occasions. The son may be addressed as young master or my lord. The duke is a man of much leniency. But Brooks' little familiarity. But Brooks' little
0: familiarity. Familiar-y. Yeah, that's it. And um,
1: Kynes thought as he watched the group approach, they'll learn soon enough who's master on Arrakis order me questioned half the night by that mentat will they are people racist against mentats ray do you i know? don't think so i think they just don't like Expect being questioned me to guide them on an inspection of the spice mining do they he's mad but also
0: like um, he mad so the duke says so he he asked to alter the duke's still suit because he actually knows how to put one on and the duke says we're in your hands and he steps forward and he opens his ro- opens his rope and then ha- Gurney Hallett comes up on the balls of his feet, poised and alert, but remaining where he was because he's jealous and he's in love with the Duke. And then I sort of... On this page, I underlined lots of things and wrote gay question mark. <laughs>
1: um, I like that um, the Duke is really reluctant to be touched. Yeah, he hates it. Because me too. Well, I mean, they that's the Atreides thing, isn't
0: it? They don't let people touch them. That's like the the way that they fight. They have their shields up and... They are very guarded and they do, like, close, close quarters combat.
1: It's the way they fight and it's the way they rule. And it's the way that they relate to each other on a personal level.
0: Yeah, they don't let anybody <laughs> touch them.
1: I was reading about touch starvation the other... The, the, this today, actually.
0: Yeah, I bet Paul is so touch starved. Do you think that Paul's dad ever hugs him in this book? No,
1: but, but he does Or doesn't. in his life? No. I also... I also read that another another word for touch starve starvation is skin hunger (laughs) My skin is hungry I experience my skin skin hunger My My skin skin, hungers
0: My skin (laughs) My skin hungers My skin hungers Does your skin hunger? My skin hungers (laughs) 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 <laughs> a skin still hung
1: but we do get we get uh, an explanation of the still suit which is mm-hmm. instrumental yeah there's some interesting world building here
0: oh i wanted you to tell me more about the article that you read about being touched stuff. it sounds really interesting. only
1: i was finding out what it was because i don't like being touched very much i was trying to work out why whether people have relationships with being touched mm. and that makes what sense. those That's relationships are yeah. Uh, and it's a fairly, um, you know, apparently it's a fairly common thing, that yeah, people just don't sense. get touched enough. Yeah, um, it makes them sad.
0: I was talking to my my counselor today about how I have lots of sensory overloads on the bus and I don't like it mm-hmm. very much, um, and I was like, I'm autism, probably.
1: Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm. But, but, I get there's... very sensory overload.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think and like especially with eating and stuff, you get you have real trouble with that. Like hearing people I have, sh- and specific sensations and specific I
1: have anger. Changes. I have anger about hearing people eat.
0: Yeah, I feel like we have stuff that like wasn't ever addressed, the
1: undiagnosed,
0: um, and it fucks me up now. And I feel like I have no excuse for that. But you know what? We're not talking about that. We're talking about you
1: still suits Wish wish I could have a still suit so I never had to touch anybody oh. I feel like you would hate it because it would be touching you too much actually I did think about that and how probably how awful it how probably how terrible it is because it's really because invasive you have to yeah. have the thing that goes in your nose and yeah. for me and in your mouth that is just torture that sounds like very bad also, he mentioned you can get blisters from the stillsuit if it doesn't fit properly. They sound terrible. In the um, in the in the David Lynch movie, they look like these sort of uh H.R. Giger type black segmented creations. And they look pretty goth and fairly cool. That's um, cool. But I doubt they are as cool. In, I mean, the great thing about June, the movie is that it's just like I guess a. For the people who get to design it, art design it, <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's the awesome best thing though. in the world because you've got so much raw material. You've got all these rich references that you can draw from, except try not to make it too racist, maybe. Yeah. So Kynes offers to, op- to adjust the, the suit and the Duke frowns and says, uh, how, how delicate this moment. If I refuse, it may offend him. And this could be a man whose value to me is beyond measure. Yet to let him... Inside my shield, touching my person when I know so little about him, I feel like that about my body, touching yeah, how, my person. How dare you person, touch my person? This thing that I walk around, that I used to walk around,
0: the thing that I, I used to exist in, like my body, the vessel
1: that I occupy. How, how dare you touch the vessel that my sacred consciousness is inside? So uh, it did distress me to hear that um uh, urine and feces are processed in the thigh pads. Yeah, no, I didn't like that. So, I Didn't like it. I like that there's something inside the suit called a micro sandwich, in case you get cool. hungry.
0: Yes. I just in case you wanted to want to have some nibbles. <laughs>
1: no, it's not it's not for eating. Haha. Jokes on not for eating. Jokes on this podcast. There only are jokes. some.
0: It's a comedy podcast. Everybody. Uh
1: so they get in the this this the, the sexy aircraft that has soft, soft leather seats. Uh, soft. And that's nice. I like also that it's later who flies the plane because he is good at doing things. He's a fighting man. And he has skills. He's a fighting man. He's a fighting, flighting sort of man. I like how Kynes calls Paul lad. And everybody is really offended by it. Oh, I just hit on this bit. So Dr. Kynes says the
0: Imperial Court is indeed a long way off. Kynes muttered. And he thought... "'What does this water-soft invader expect? "'Does he think we fool enough to enlist with him?' "'The Duke chuckled, keeping his attention on their course. "'I detect a sour note in your voice, sir. "'We've wedded in here with our mob of tame killers, eh? "'And we expect okay. you to realise immediately "'that we're different from the Harkonnens.' "'I've read the propaganda you flooded into and village,' "'Kind said. "'Love the good Duke!' "'Love the good Duke!' "'Love me, the good Duke!' "'Love, me, good love Duke.
1: him!' Love, yeah, good duke. Propaganda joke. like that is so nasty. I mean, Leiter was nasty. He's bad. Now that we know he likes to do a genocide. Damn. But you nasty. know, it's nice to. I like. I like villains, especially villains you're supposed to root for. I think yeah. that the sort of nasty conversation that he and Kynes has is actually kind of great, because it's sort of the first time that the duke gets to engage as an. Well, one of the only times that the duke gets to engage with a, an equal. And a slightly hostile equal at that. I mean, he doesn't. He obviously doesn't think that Kynes is his equal, but Kynes refuses to defer to him in any kind way. His equal, like though. Jessica defers to him, and Paul yeah. defers to him because he's his dad. I like how yeah. Kynes talks with this like intimate familiarity with mm-hmm. the planet. Kynes doesn't give a fuck. To facts. and including the fact that he said, "Oh yes," in order to deal with my climate, as a sort of thought whisper. Later goes. My climate. Like, oh my god, this this thing, this man, this person thinks that Arrakis is his thinks climate. His climate? Like, excuse me? Your climate? Um and I think so you mean both my sort of, climate. they're sort of thinking sort of nasty thoughts about each other, which I oh, really that's love. Good. Um they are nasty. I nasty do, boys
0: don't I mean a thing.
1: Don't mean a thing. all you nasty boys. Don't
0: mean a thing to me. Ah. Uh,
1: Who's that harvesting my nasty spice?
0: (laughs) Nasty boys. Who's that (laughs) flying that nasty craft? Nasty boys. Who's that wearing that
1: nasty suit? Still. (laughs) Nasty boys. Who's jamming to Gurney Helix? Nasty blues. Nasty Nasty boys, boys. Ladies. ladies. They have this. They have this like fight scene, which is very cinematic, but I deeply don't care about it. Yeah, me neither. We see a worm, Ray. We see a worm. We don't do. We see a worm. Is that your worm we? we don't see the worm though. We only see the marks that the worm makes in the sand. It's like a monster movie. It's like like um Da-da. Godzilla or whatever. Da-da. Or oh yeah, Jaws. You don't you don't see you don't see the shark until it's too, until the very end, and you are like fuck, that's a shark.
0: Remember when I was going to have a Godzilla podcast with Nora? No, I don't. You never told me about that. Ah, I was going to. We watched one. We watched one Godzilla film. Um, We watched the first Godzilla film from the nineteen fifties or sixties, and Mm -hmm. it was very. It was extremely post-war. Oh. It was very like fraught and Uh. slow and tense, and there was lots of thoughts of it in it about like genocide and war and like oh man weapons of mass destruction and also there were many hot people in it Um, hot people yeah everyone was hot great (laughs) yeah it was good (laughs) maybe
1: one day that podcast will come out um i will look forward to hearing it one day yes one day sound day over the rainbow Ray, I wanna talk a bit about Gurney's stupid terrible songs. He gets to sing a bit more. I do like how like he seamlessly integrates his songs with the chat that the Duke is like conversation. He's like Gurney's one of a kind. I like him with I like him with me for his eyes. His eyes miss very little. And without i know like there's so much weird like hot stuff between gurney and the duke in this chapter got some um, hot stuff. but <laughs> exactly um, without missing a beat in his tune hellick inter- interposed for i am like an owl of the desert oh i yeah i'm like the owl of the desert. Honey, so good. Hot stuff. Stop singing hot stuff and, and uh, uh, acknowledge how good that was. No, it's good. We get a bit of Wormatology. Do you have? Tell me now if
0: you're worm of the week.
1: I don't know. This is hard. We haven't talked about the dune men. We haven't talked about the dune men and what they're like. We haven't talked about the worms. We haven't talked about the um. But we don't features. even see a worm. We just see like, what a worm does. Well, I I want to I want to talk about what the worm does and. We, we don't talk about the drum sands we don't talk about all the different types of sands and the methods for survival in the desert in and then okay. sort of like the what what the, the 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 um the notion of the desert as a as a signifier of emptiness in west like non-desert cultures right and I read a good article about it if you don't have a worm of the week I'll do my worm of the week okay I'll think of a worm.
0: Okay, my worm of week is a worm lizard, which oh. is a lizard. Ah, okay, worm lizard, borrowing reptiles native to continents and islands around the globe, a pig, which is really vague, Um, appear at the same <gasps> time. Native
1: to, native to the earth, then, oh, yeah. essentially is what you're saying. <laughs> and
0: they look like really big, long worms that have legs, um, just legs. tiny little legs. Meet the worm lizards spending most of their lives underground skulking about for invertebrates Oh my god, I've
1: just looked at it and it's extremely bad.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but I love them. Worm lizards, oh, despite shit. their are not snakes, and not like the earthworms, they also resemble. Worm lizards have backbones, teeth, eyes, and loose skin, covered with juxtaposing rectangular oh. scales, arranged in rings around their long, thin bodies. Worm lizards belong oh, to the Jesus suborder Ray. Amphysbania, <laughs> named for the mythical serpent Amphisbaenia, which had a head at both ends. The worm lizard skull is well-shaped for its life of borrowing. Depending on the species, a worm lizard's head may resemble a shovel, a bullet, a keel, or a flattened spade. Worm oh lizard gosh. tails are shaped like their heads, helping them accordion through the soil, either forward or backward.
1: They um, accordion through the soil? A 184
0: species of worm lizards native to Africa, Europe, the Americas, and the Caribbean islands. So most worms are legless, although a few species in the uh bipedai family have tiny forelimbs. So they're just like <laughs> enormous worms with eyes and then two little legs right at the front.
1: There's a curse. They are fully cursed.
0: They're extremely good. They're extremely good.
1: Ray, why have you introduced this hell into my life? I I remember I remembered seeing
0: a worm with legs, and being slightly obsessed with it in a disgusted way. So I thought, maybe for this Worm of the Week, I will Google
1: worm with legs to see (laughs) if it was real. And it was real. And he hoards your dreams. And he's in your bed.
0: (laughs) he's in your bed, and he's long, and he looks like a worm.
1: They are actually
0: disgusting. If you are creeped up by insects, please don't ever look at them. Um, They are bad. They are really bad. They look awful. I like
1: how, like the 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 backs of them get confused and sort of start twisting around on each other. I know because it forgets that it's joined to itself. I know makes they always a get squiggly
0: at the end. Yeah, it always tie up. Oh, they're
1: so oh, nasty. They're
0: suffering. But I do like their tiny little legs. I think it's good that they have legs.
1: Okay, my worm of the week is a worm that I remember from childhood. Mm-hmm. It is a worm that. Used to be, it was a worm that was a toy that we had, and he was squiggly and he had different colors. I remember his head was his head was yellow, mm-hmm. and then he had a purple segment, mm-hmm. and the green segment, mm-hmm. and then and a little tongue that stuck out. Was it that, that worm beanie baby that everybody was obsessed with?
0: Everybody Possibly. is currently obsessed with. Possibly. Uh-huh. Did we
1: have beanie babies? Um, I had a little Beanie Baby collection.
0: I remember when you had a porcelain doll collection and they were all incredibly cursed.
1: <laughs> I loved them. They were my children. They were, like, mad cursed. And I used to buy second-hand ones from charity shops which did have um, did have human beings living inside them, trapped inside them. Yes, it was the Beanie Baby worm. That everyone had. Yeah. The little horns are stuck out yeah, on its head. They're very cute. Beautiful. Pure. Kind. Um, we have... Listener questions. <gasps> oh my god. What? I know. We have it's, listeners?
0: It's our new segment, Shout Out to Mapes. Shout Out to Mapes. So, um... So, our first question comes from Wheels, who I like very much. Um, Wheel says, Wheels says... What are your thoughts
1: on dunes in real life? Ooh, good question. Do you have any thoughts about dunes in real life? Uh, well, we both grew up next to the seaside, but yeah. most of the beaches at the seaside that we grew up uh, at stone, like, stone dunes. beaches, not sand beaches, stone dunes. So I know of the stone dunes, but less of the sand dunes. I remember I, sandy beaches always kind of freak me out. Yeah, there's something about sand dunes in media that always really scary scared me
0: because i know i know how difficult it is to walk up like a hill of stones and like i used to have like imagine if all those stones are much smaller like you know you know those nightmares that you have where you can't walk properly um often the the sensation that i have in those nightmares is like the 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 feeling that you get when you're trying to walk uphill on on pebbles and you can't because they keep shifting beneath your feet so you have to like scramble up them and it's really difficult and you feel like you're being weighed down so like when I have nightmares where I can't like walk properly I usually get that kind of feeling and and sand dunes make me sort of give me the impression that they would have that similar kind of experience to walk on and also just the idea of being in a desert that is dunely in that sense because most my main impression of it is from media that has dunes and they tend to use dunes to kind of like desperation and isolation and sort of being in a place where your resources are really limited and you can't you can't easily find a way out of it and you might die and you know like so it, they come with like fear to me but also to, to look at I think they're very very beautiful. That's my thoughts on dunes.
1: Well done. I remember Thanks. going to the beach The sandy beach that is about, like, you know, 10, 15 miles from our house, child child growing up house. And how sometimes when the tide was out, like, you couldn't even see the sea. It was just Mm. sand on sand on sand on sand. The thing I love, the thing I
0: really love about beaches that are that
1: big is how when
0: the tide goes out and water kind of stays on them, sometimes you get kind of a salt flat
1: effect. Or it like, mm-hmm. it mirrors the sky. And I think it's amazing. I love it. Uh, but sand gives me a desperate feeling. Yes. Yeah, also, I hate sand, of course. Do you remember and... learning what sand was? Because I remember learning how sand gets to be sand. And I was what like, how is that possible? We just don't know. But yeah, I was like, how does it get from being a rock to being sand? It gets and beat remember, up by the sea. I think I remember my dad just saying, it takes thousands of years. I was like, no no nothing is that old my brain does not comprehend the scale Nora
0: says how are you doing today how will you treat yourselves after this recording by going to bed what's your favorite outfit in June yeah. so far they're all bad
1: except still suits which are amazing yeah
0: um really how i'm doing to today
1: is kind of
0: bad um but thank you love you um how i will treat myself after this recording is by going to sleep it's good i like it maybe i'll have a bowl of cereal um my favorite outfit in june so far is that all of the outfits are bad so i have to imagine good ones so how are you doing today asks nora hello
1: nora i'm had a stressful day i need to sleep yeah how will you treat yourself after this recording i'm going to have a bath Ooh, a bath and i'm looking forward to dancing tomorrow that sounds nice so i will treat myself with dancing what's your favorite outfit in june i have to say Mapes' sack. I love the sack. It's pretty good. It's the only thing in June that I would wear. (laughs) Also, I mean, I bet everything Paul wears is pretty cute. My good friend, Lewis,
0: at Birch Pine on Twitter, Birch underscore Pine on Twitter, whose display name is Bastard Soap. Oh, amazing. I know Bastard Soap. Lewis has wonderful looks and fashions. You should go and check them out. Lewis is amazing and very good. Thank you. Lewis says, I have not yet listened, but I'm a supporter. Thank you, Lewis. So what I have for you is worms question mark yes yes they sure are exclamation mark also who's hot in dune is there anyone
1: question mark is there anyone only gurney gurney is hot the hotness comes from his soul yes the hotness comes from the the fact that he's very ugly i respect it it's sexy i do respect it there will probably be
0: more sexy people later although dune is like sort of deathly unsexy and that makes me really sad
1: it's hella unsexy. I think probably Jessica is Jessica's hot. I wish... It needs some sexy energy. Sexy energy. I still think Peter DeVries is hot. Because I'm weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I forgot about Peter. Peter's good.
0: On the note of who in June is hot, is there anyone? Regression, with three S's uh, on Twitter, um, mm-hmm. says, Which, if any, June characters do you want to smooch? Which is a different... Question to who's hot, I think. It's true. I'd smooch Jessica if she would let me. She would allow you to have a
1: smooch on the cheek.
0: <laughs> I'll give Jessica respect for a woman respecting
1: smooch on the cheek. One smooch, no further. <laughs> One Benegesserit smooch. <laughs> you must have a smooch, but only so much to see that it is a smooch. To have the whole smooch is folly. Who would you smooch? Who would you uh... smooch on, don't really I don't feel really up to smooching. Okay. Yeah,
0: no. So somebody named Futurist Guy on Twitter who follows us and listens to our podcast, but I do not know personally. So hi oh, Futurist amazing. Guy. Um otherwise known as Brad. Um Hello
1: Brad. What's up? What's up, Brad? Good.
0: Um Brad says Brad asked a question which I personally cannot answer. Brad says, Which kinds is your fave? Pardo, Liette, or Charney? And why? have not met any of those people I've yet i've only met i've only met dr kynes yeah sorry
1: although i think i think i read that paul's love interest is dr Kynes' daughter yeah that makes chani i'm yeah. i knew a girl called chani once he was a terrible human being
0: was that the horrible lady who was straight around pride
1: yeah yeah she sucks
0: she's she still sucks. trying to dominate pride
1: so i hear
0: yeah she sucks yeah so thank you futurist guy i'm sorry that we don't know enough about june to answer this question sorry
1: Thank you for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening to the pod. And I think it's probably a very difficult listening experience if you know Dune and listening to two idiots talking about not knowing Dune. I'm really sorry. That's not what our podcast is about. It's not about knowing things. No, true. Okay. Um,
0: We have some more questions. So... Sophia at Arching Skies has an incredibly rude question, which says, did you watch the Trainwreck June movie directed by David Lynch? And if so, did you also quote Dwayne the Rock Johnson when Paul and his mother first cornered by the worm, and he asks, can you smell it? Extremely specific. Firstly, the movie was trainwreck, Firstly, but how it also rude. was good. Secondly, I it don't was get great. that reference. The best movie ever made. Yep, yeah, the, best the only movie David to exist. Just best movie he's ever done. Yes, it is. It's the best one he did uh-huh uh-huh yep, yeah, for sure not a joke it's mm-hmm. real um i don't get and um, i don't
1: know who dwayne the rock johnson is
0: <laughs> uh yeah so thank you thank you Archins guys um so oh i my can God. answer thank your you question questions as well as <laughs> if you would like
1: me thank you for questions question askers how exciting we have no more questions are you the spice of the worm this week well Ray, I think you should decide which one you are. Um, I
0: think I'm the worm. In like, a sad worm way. Not in a fun party worm.
1: I think I'm sad, sad but spicy. Spicy but sad. Spicy sad. That's pretty good. Sadness. Like, oh, like an old, like when you buy a spice yeah. and then you leave it in the back of a cupboard, and it just becomes all shriveled up and flavourless. That's me we we done a podcast
0: A boy looks at a
1: girl, and a girl looks like a pony. She gallops all day long, in between my toes,
0: and every night she's purified. She don't do that dance no more. Where the rubber meets the road, in between my toes. I'm skanking on a dance floor. I'm drunk off that Hennessy. I ain't sober. I don't- Coca-Cola or soda, but right now I'm on a roller, I take a look over my shoulder, and I see this sexy thing, but I think it's time to work my way over, so I shuffle on my heels, and I bounce on my toes, I'm crazy and she knows, still it's all good I suppose, So she didn't complain, she backed it off, so I got behind her and I lapped it up, then we danced all night, then the sun came up, then I took it to my yard and I wrapped it up.